Hey there, I'm Wendy Vaughn, sales success coach and the queen of compassion-based selling because, well, selling is all about supporting, not convincing. And I am so glad that you've tuned in to today's episode of the Selling Made Easy Show because this show is all about inspiration, not just in learning a simple technique or mindset shift that makes it easier to get clients, but inspiration that happens as we get to peer through the lens of guest entrepreneurs who are blazing their own trails. And those trails have probably included a few unexpected roadblocks, maybe even having to overcome fears or blocks about selling. Now, I believe everyone has their zone of genius, their superpower that's a gift to others, including you. Now, for me, after, well, 22 years of outperforming my peers in sales results, well, it's almost an x-ray vision that I have when it comes to finding and fixing any sales blind spots within entrepreneurs that are annoyingly causing potential clients to slip away. And with today's guest, her zone of genius is her ability to easily relate to and fully understand other people's perspectives so that she can see exactly how to best support them in an empathetic way. So I am super excited to introduce Ellen Schenke. Now, Ellen is a scientist turned burnout and stress management coach and speaker. She has been hired as a speaker for prominent organizations like LinkedIn and has been featured in Fast Company, Reader's Digest, Brains Magazine, and We Are Women Owned. Now, Ellen focuses on helping busy, ambitious, high-achieving women in business and corporate create sustainable success without all the stress. Her mission is to help you realize that burnout happens, but staying burned out is a choice, not the default of success. Well, welcome, Ellen. I am so excited to have you as my guest today. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah. And I just love how you're helping busy women, not just, you know, your average kind of sitting (laughs) by the pool, but those busy, ambitious women that have got so much going on in their lives to really just create more ease and flow and, and, and joy. I can't wait to hear more about this and the work you're now doing. Yeah, it's, I've really enjoyed doing it and I'm very excited to talk about it today. Yeah. So always top of mind question for me is Ellen, exactly what was the inspiration or tipping point that prompted you to step out of your scientist role and start your own coaching practice? Oh, that's a good question. A lot of that really had to do with my experience when I was in graduate school, when a big reason why I went down the coaching route is I was really, really struggling with my own self-care, my own burnout when I was in school. It's funny. I described myself as a burned out doctoral student student long before I actually went into being a burnout coach. Um, And that experience and kind of having to teach myself these different things that would support me from a self-care perspective, from a confidence perspective from just getting clear on what it was that I actually want and where my values actually landed. That's really what led me to seek out coaching. You know, while I was in graduate school, I started dabbling in it and well, I enjoyed coaching a heck of a lot more than I enjoyed science. Standing at a, standing in a lab with the, the, you know, the mask on and the white coat you were yeah. you know, liberated. White coat and goggles, like- not really any mask, <laughs> but white coat, goggles, latex gloves, 
um, sometimes working in windowless rooms. Um, it was just, you know, I'd never really thought of myself as somebody who wanted to work with people in my job, but the more I did it and the more impact it was having, the more fulfilling I found it. I got more fulfillment from coaching than I ever did from science. And not only was it teaching me really, really valuable things, but I was really able to support and help people in a very impactful way. And that was really what led me to decide this is what I wanted to do. Right. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that you really acknowledge the fact that first off, feeling burned out is not okay. I mean, because sometimes, Mm -hmm. like I mentioned in your intro, it just kind of goes, oh, well, you know, that's Mm -hmm. what comes with being really successful. That's what comes from being a high achiever. It just is. Mm -hmm. But you, you know, put your foot down and said, no, Mm -hmm. no, it doesn't have to be that way. I can be successful and (laughs) enjoy myself, you know, my life and take care of myself. So, so yeah, Mm -hmm. I love that. You've really walked your talk and And then also just leaned into a whole different zone of genius that you have that is not necessarily relevant to being a scientist, but it sounds like it brings you more fulfillment. So so yeah, I love that. So how long have you had your own coaching practice and has your business mission or vision evolved during that time? Ooh, absolutely. I think I've pivoted probably... Eight times. Since I <laughs> right, started the pandemic coaching. did not create pivot entrepreneurial. You know, we were feeling that many, many years before that word became so popular. Yeah. Well, and I fortunately think the good thing is it's been embraced now. You know, I think a big reason why it took me a really long time to leave science. And I think a big reason why it did was because I think a lot of us think, you know, out of maybe some like misplaced sense of integrity, we feel like we can't change our mind. Like I always said I was going to do this. So that's what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And when I first started in coaching, I honestly did my first like little bit of like side hustling and dabbling in coaching in 2014. So it was quite a while ago. And when I started, um, I was still in graduate school, but I started in health coaching because I really was finding so much value personally in taking care of myself and focusing on my self-care and all of the different, you know, ripple effects that that had in my life. So I started in health coaching, but the more I did health coaching, the more I realized that I liked the health part of health coaching, but I liked the kind of personal growth and clarity and just learning more about yourself mm-hmm. that came with physical health. And so right. I pivoted to focusing more on kind of the personal growth elements of coaching. And then I kind of took from that and I was like, well, personal growth coach is super broad. So what specifically about this is the thing that I like the most? And I said, I liked the clarity part. I really liked for myself and for others, helping people get very clear on what are your values? What are the things that you actually see for yourself? Like, what are the things that are most important to you when it comes to your career? Because I think a lot of us might say, oh, it's the paycheck at first. But when you really dig into it, there's maybe safety and security and stability that the paycheck gives you. And that's more of what you want from your career. So I did some clarity coaching for a while. And then I got really confused on what I should do because I wasn't finding traction there. So I listened to people who said, Hey, Ellen, you're really good at time management and productivity. Do that. And so I pivoted (laughs) all over the place, but I had an aha in about fall 2019 where I realized I'd kind of been in like this little deep dive of all of the content I'd posted on social media over the years and looking at my website and it kind of clicked in my brain. Oh my gosh, every single thing that I've done as a coach comes together under the realm of burnout and stress management. 
-hmm. When you're talking about burnout and stress, self-care is important. Sure. You know, clarity is important. Self-awareness is important. Oh yeah, definitely. Productivity is important. That all, all of that. Absolutely. As soon as I had that aha, that is what put me on this current path. Mm -hmm. And I don't ever actually see myself changing my niche. It makes so much, so much sense because those are all subcategories of, you know, their symptoms, right? Or Mm -hmm. their things that are all part of the end result, ending up feeling ways too stressed and burnout Mm -hmm. to even take care of yourself get everything done, feeling overwhelmed, all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. It just makes total sense. <laughs> and that's the scientific side of you, right? Analyzing and, <laughs> and yep. deciphering and, and putting things into categories and realizing, aha, mm-hmm. this is all part of this. This is the STEM. Exactly. Part. It's all just <laughs> so, data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I know that you've pivoted a lot and, and been on your own clarity mission and really mm-hmm. lasered in, you know, but Beyond that journey of going from health coaching to, you know, personal growth to clarity and values to time management and productivity and landing in this, you know, stress and burnout, mm-hmm. have there been any big roadblocks or challenges that you've had to overcome along the way? Oh, have there. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, I think there were, you know, there were some roadblocks from the get-go. Absolutely. You know, when I decided to leave my, my doctoral program, I was pursuing a PhD and there was a lot of, yeah, you had a lot of skin in the game. (laughs) I did have a lot of skin in the game and there was a lot of familial pride that went Mm -hmm. along with the fact that, oh, you know, our daughter's getting a PhD. And when I did finally make the decision to quit, it took me a year and a half to decide to leave my PhD. Um, and when I did, I mean, I don't even sugarcoat it for people. Like when they say you're going to disappoint some people, my dad straight up told me I'm disappointed Mm -hmm. when I dropped out of my PhD program. Now, at the time, it was like my worst fear come to life. And Mm -hmm. I was so sad that that was actually how it played out. You know, everybody says, you know, your parents just want you to be happy. And they do. But at the time, my dad didn't see the path. My dad didn't see what I saw. He didn't see what I was creating. You ask him now. And my dad is the first person at family gatherings to ask me how my business is going and have I booked any new speaking engagements? Because he sees it now. He gets it now. But at the time he really, really didn't. And that was a big roadblock to overcome was just knowing that I had done the one thing I didn't want to do, which was disappoint my dad. Right. Yeah. Just those heavy expectations. And you Mm -hmm. said like, you know, the ego, the pride, the, that was the thing that was so great to talk about, you know, kind of show Mm -hmm. off, you you know, you need to show off, right. Because you were earning that big coveted achievement. And then, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, what even, what the heck is a coach besides basketball, (laughs) football, baseball, you're yeah, I think coach? that's what I think that's what he was thinking. So there is definitely a lot of like getting people, my family, my you know, my my closest relationships on board with what I was doing. Sure. But actually, I think perhaps the biggest roadblock for me was I had a little bit of an identity crisis mm. when I left graduate school, and as a for result you of yourself, that, even yeah, me myself yeah. um had a bit of an identity crisis because you know I'm. That's why I speak so much to high achievers. And in particular, I love the personality test, the Enneagram, because I've never felt as understood by a personality test as I did when I took the Enneagram. And I am a textbook Enneagram three, which is the achiever. Mm. And achievers are very externally validated. And if 
for me, the way in which I was validated up until that point, you know, I was in my late twenties. So in a lot of ways, still kind of figuring out who I was and what I wanted. But up until that point in my life, you think about what we validate teens and 20 people in their twenties on. And it is when you're in high school, it's what's your GPA? Like how good are you in school? Do you have straight A's? Mm -hmm. Yep. In college, it's what's your major. Right. And even in graduate school, it's, well, what are you getting your degree in? And then when you get out of school, it's what's your, your career? Like what, what do you do for a living? Mm -hmm. So I'd spent at that point, the last, you know, 10, 12 years of my life saying, I'm a scientist, I'm going to be a science major. Oh, I do science research. It was everything. It was your, you know, my entire identity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's not an exaggeration to say that because I feel like so many achievers do that. They wrap their entire identity up in their career Mm -hmm. or even prior to that, their major. Yeah. So when you peel that away, oh my goodness, you know, then, you know, expose massive self-doubts, you know, shame, um, guilt, you know, all all the awful things. Who am I to do this work? What am I? I'm a scientist. (laughs) Like, what the heck do I know about this? So it was questioning my entire identity. It was questioning it was massive imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I realized, I feel like I'm kind of getting into your next question, but I realized that what I needed to do to step into that was I, you know, how they always say, take baby steps. Yep. I had to take baby steps out of my old identity and into this new identity. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, yeah. Years and years and years had been you know, grounded in this other identity. Mm -hmm. So it stands to reason you can't just open up a new box and say, all right, well, this is my new outfit now. (laughs) Absolutely. And like, that's not even getting into all the like failed launches, all of the like, those were just probably the biggest two hurdles that I had to overcome. But like, I have had launches where literally nobody bought anything. And it made me question my entire like, what am I doing? Should I even keep trying? Um, I mean, I'm eight years in and I'm still not full-time. A little bit of that is by choice because I'm very, very intentional about not wanting to build a business that I hate. Like I don't want to go full-time just for the sake of going full-time and end up having offers that I don't believe in or end up working with people who I don't actually feel like I have rapport with and that I can truly serve and help. So I'm, I'm selective in my business. And I think that's led me to grow slowly Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with that, but it's definitely in the process has kind of led me to question a lot about how I am as a business owner, because I feel like I approach having a business so differently (laughs) than, you know, what the common themes are, you know, of hustle and go full-time in a year. I just, I don't approach my business like that. And so sometimes it's made me question, am I actually cut out for this? Right. And then in the meantime, you know, going through that big evolution to this new career, Mm -hmm. you know, just breeds the self doubts like crazy. And so exactly. They don't teach marketing in, in science programs. Right. Yeah. So as you're evolving and gaining more clarity, you're walking your talk again, if you did clarity coaching, you know, helping Mm -hmm. people get clear on their values and what's important for them. And then realizing that, okay, well, this really is, Mm -hmm you know, what is important to me while in the meantime, filtering out what other people are saying, oh, you got to do it this way. You got to be this and do this. Exactly. 
you know, then that's what kind of perpetuates more of the self-doubt. So, exactly. so well, so I'm, I'm curious, you know, back in, in terms of shifting this into this new identity, mm-hmm. you know, and you said taking baby steps and I, I get that, but there's also the, you know, the need to create a business that's, that's thriving and, and mm-hmm. bringing some income. So yeah. can you maybe share a technique besides just take baby sips, which is important, but yeah, that you did specifically to, to support yourself in embracing and validating this new path you jumped into? Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the big things that I did is I, I, one of the baby steps I took is I built my business slowly. So I didn't go full time right away. I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't quit and say, okay, I've, I've got to make X amount of income so I can keep this going. Right. I built my business launch to launch to launch. So that's a big way that I think I've stepped into it. And a very strong opinion that I have about building businesses is I do not believe necessarily in the quit your day job and go and go for it immediately because I don't necessarily, I think that puts a lot of pressure on your business. Sure. Absolutely. Build your business pressure in a good way. But in terms of stepping into my identity, oh, I actually, when I first started doing this, it was 2018 and I was actually traveling abroad for the year and it was kind of wonderful as well as terrifying because I was with a group of people that I didn't know for the year. Uh So in a lot of ways, it was the perfect scenario to reinvent myself, but I was still really uncomfortable with being like, I'm a coach. Um, So what I did, and I've actually given this advice numerous times, because I think this is a very authentic way to do this too, is I told people, oh, I am a science editor because that's what I did for my like day job. And I do coaching. So I kind of added coaching on as an aside. Mm -hmm. And then slowly but surely, as I started to get more comfortable saying it, I started to shift it to I'm a coach and I do science editing. And then slowly but surely, I dropped the science editing. And I just said, oh, I'm a coach. So you kind of allowed yourself to settle in or, or mm-hmm. accept this new identity, you know, by exactly. kind of just completely jumping into the water. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. That, that makes a lot of sense to just, you know, it's almost like we have to have an out-of-body experience and talk to our mm-hmm. ego, you know, it's like, okay, exactly. it's okay. Look, I'm still a scientist. It's okay. Don't freak mm-hmm. out. You know? <laughs> and actually I distanced myself from the science label for a while. And I think this was actually a doing a disservice to myself because as soon as I started feeling like I could step into the coach label, I was like, all right, I'm not a scientist anymore. I'm going to focus just on being a coach. And that was, I think, one of the things I did wrong in the early years of having my business is I felt like these two aspects of my personality couldn't come together. Mm -hmm. And then slowly but surely, I started to realize all of the things that I used to do as a scientist, like researching the living daylights out of things, which I still do, that's still very much a part of how I coach. You know, we talked about before we started the the podcast, we talked about finding patterns. That was something I did as a scientist. And it's still something very much that I do as a coach. And I think that was something I had to realize just kind of over the course of time that, yeah, exactly. That these Mm -hmm. weren't, these weren't two things that were completely disparate and had to be completely separate in my life. Mm-hmm. These two things could co and co not only coexist, but these but two things yeah. could, yes, absolutely support each mm-hmm. other. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's brilliant. And just really acknowledging the qualities of a scientist can really support 
you know, your, your work as a coach, because mm -hmm. people need to have that sense of, wow, you've really dissected this, you know, that you wouldn't yeah. say that, but they wouldn't say that, but that's really <laughs> what goes on. You know, you really mm -hmm. analyze this, you really spread this out over a way that I can get my head wrapped around this, you know? And mm -hmm. so that's a zone mm -hmm. of genius, you know, that scientific yeah. approach. So yeah. I I'm also it. incredibly picky about which things I will say are science backed, because to me, that means something very specific when something mm -hmm. is science-based. Mm -hmm. um, and I have gone on social media rants about how many people <laughs> use scientifically proven as a marketing oh, tactic. And yeah, it I've always frustrates me to no end. So I I've think wondered. one of the things that my people in particular that I work with can really appreciate about me is that I'm <laughs> very, very honest about the stuff that I do that actually is evidence-based and science-backed and mm -hmm. the stuff that is more anecdotal and the stuff that I'm just kind of seeing patterns over time that yes, this does seem to be working, but there's really no evidence behind that. So I have a lot of honesty around that. And I think people appreciate that. Yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt. And, and that supports the credibility and the trust, you know, that they build mm -hmm. for you. So yeah. And you know, Ellen, you're obviously an expert at helping those busy professionals and business owners to, you know, de-stress their lives and end burnout and, you know, create, better patterns for themselves and, and improve their mm -hmm. mindset so that they can really bring more joy. But I'm, I'm curious, you know, how do you feel about the client enrollment or, you know, the sales part of being in business? So this is a very different skill set. Uh, do very you have different. any challenges or frustrations with this important part of growing a successful business? I think it's been a previously been a frustration that I'm kind of more just approaching now as a challenge. It's the consistency with which people come in for coaching. I have very strong SEO on my website. So if you Google burnout coach, I'm literally the number one search result nice. on Google. So that's wonderful. But then getting people to, I think, recognize the urgency mm -hmm. of needing to, yeah, we, we need to start. We need to do something now. Mm, that's mm. that's been a difficult way so I think it's not necessarily always people finding me because I think people find me just want, fine but then converting people right has been a challenge so really it sounds like what you're frustrated with is just supporting people to see the value of taking action now versus mm -hmm. versus well, waiting you know let me just yeah mm -hmm. but you know and kind of like putting it off yeah, there's a lot of, because, oh, it's just stress, uh, but just yeah. stress over a year or two is burnout. Sure. And it's yeah. not pretty. So kind of getting them to recognize when, where the urgency is and when they need to right. act. Yeah. No, that makes I don't a want you to have sense. a breakdown before you start acting. Right. Yeah. And you don't want to get into a pressure mode in terms of telling them, well, you know, if you don't do it, you're going to have a heart attack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that doesn't sound to me like something you would really embrace as a, as an approach. So, well, I'd be happy mm -hmm. to provide you with a little bit of insight around this if you'd like. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's interesting because you're speaking to people who are really busy. They're busy, busy, mm -hmm. busy. They're juggling so much, you know, they've got so many responsibilities and demands on their time and, and things are in fine balance, you know, they're, they're not in balance, right? In, <laughs> I their know eyes, in, in their eyes, if they just pull the foot off one little bit, things are going to implode. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? I definitely think that's a lot of yeah. what people are yeah. experiencing. So, There's a lot of fear of, well, can I really add one more thing? Yeah. So when you're speaking with, you know, either through your 
through your digital communication or through a conversation with a potential client, you know, just in, in assessing what life was like before Mm -hmm. they got so busy and what values, because that's one of your, you know, focuses Mm -hmm. your zones of genius, right? Because, and for everybody, you know, they, they might even have forgotten what their values really are. And if when you shine light back on supporting them to reconnect with their own values and to to illuminate how far they are from being in alignment with their values or really, you know, living a life that is is geared towards or directed towards celebrating the values and keeping that in priority mm-hmm. while also being able to continue their success as a, you know, highly successful high achieving business owner, mm-hmm. a business professional, that self-awareness or illumination as associating with things, you know, that are realistic, like, you know, so did summer just fly by in a flash for you? You know, was mm-hmm. it just like a snap of a finger and it's fall, mm-hmm. you know, and then pretty soon it's going to be new year's Eve. And then after that, it's going to be, yeah, <laughs> we're ready to unpack the swimming suits. You know, do you, you understand that kind of feeling? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. busy people, that's what happens, right? Time is just, mm-hmm. and so when you ground people in to their own connection with these things that are perpetuating the problem versus mm-hmm. solving it, then it opens their mind more to realizing and owning the fact that, oh my God, if I don't do something now, it's going to be another two or three years and mm-hmm. my health is already suffering. You know, I'm mm-hmm. already, you know, seeing bags under my eyes or I'm, you know, it, it's, so it's the, the point that I'm trying to support you to understand is that when you are able to lead people or support people into acknowledging what's going on for them that is undeniable Mm -hmm. and associating with how fast time vanishes and slips by and pretty soon their kid's going to be graduating high school, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're whatever, you know, school age kids or, you know, their son is going to be getting married or, you know, these things, these milestones in life, then it, yeah. it creates that pause and realization while at the same time, though, this is what's super important is to, as part of your, your proposal or your offer or what you're presenting to them as a solution is to fully convey how you have engineered this or developed this to not take them off of their busy schedule, but actually create more ease and flow. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm just struggling for words here right now, but basically Mm -hmm. assure them that they're not going to have to stop what they're doing or sacrifice or, you know, carve out two hours to work on this every day or or something impossible. One of the big things I've started using on sales pages is like, I'm going to show you how to do this without having to quit your job or upend your entire career. Yeah, because yeah. that's, and, I know it's so important to all of us as, right. as high achievers. So much upend their entire career as much. Okay. Well, I know I'm not going to upend my entire career, but I might have to stay up till midnight to get all my work done. You know, just a little bit mm-hmm. more granular. Okay. You know, and in, in real life so that, you know, they, they realize, oh, you know, you really do understand 
this stuff cannot be put off. I have to do it. Even if it yeah. makes me up till 2 a.m., I've got to do it. And so mm-hmm. when you acknowledge that, you know, as part of the things that you have taken into consideration. So, so anyway, gotcha. we don't want to go too much deeper than this, but hopefully that has you know, supported you with gaining a little bit more clarity on yeah. how to better support your unique ideal clients in their state of overwhelm stuck, because mm-hmm. that really is something that is difficult to um, help people out of when they don't see any possible way, because everything they do, everything they do in their mind is absolutely critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of which, you know, we have successfully, I think in my mind, anyway, passed through <laughs> the pandemic, <laughs> you know, there's still many, 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 many ripple effects that are occurring, but for these busy, you know, high achieving professionals, oh my goodness, the pandemic just wreaked havoc on their Mm -hmm. lives. You know, first off some, you know, their world stopped, you know, the hundred miles an hour suddenly, you know, slowed way down. And that became probably really uncomfortable and created a whole lot of stress just in that. And then for others, oh my gosh, now you got the kids at home, homeschooling, you've got everybody at home all under one roof. You can't go out to eat. You know, we got to shop and cook and all this stuff. And so, oh my gosh, it just became this, such a pressureful situation. So I'm curious, what was the impact of the pandemic on the work that you do? Oh, absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Well, the pandemic for me personally, it changed one of my core offerings and I started doing speaking all of a sudden, all of these corporations were seeing their employees that were really, really, really struggling. And they started bringing in, um, bringing me in as a corporate speaker to really focus on giving their people some very, very tangible action steps. Not necessarily, I'm very cognizant of, I don't want to add to your to-do list. So not things that are going to add to their already overwhelming to-do list, but just some tangible action steps for managing their stress and their overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And on the personal side of that, when it came to clients, a lot of my clients, you know, I, I joke that I've worked from home since before it was cool. Um, cause I have, I've worked from home since fall 2017. So though my life definitely got busier in my day job, things got busier, my business, things got busier. I was equipped to handle it because I've worked from home for so long. And what it, the shift became is the shift became, how do I help my clients find that separation? Mm-hmm. You know, they were so used to being able to leave work at work when they yeah. left at the end For of the, the day. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. You go home, you were able to switch off during your commute, and then you go to supporting your kids. And let's be honest, I know some moms don't want to say it, but like people started to get sick of having their kids around all the time <laughs> or their significant other around all the time. And so sometimes it wasn't even just having conversations about how do we leave work at work when our work is literally in the other room mm-hmm. or it also became, how do we find that space for ourselves when everyone is home and everyone is around? And so there became these very, very specific pandemic intensive things that happened to a lot of the clients. And I had to kind of take in a way that I'd never done before. I had to take, well, what do I do to shut off at the end of the day? What do I do to make sure that I give myself space and that I'm not overexerting myself socially or spending too much time with others. I had to take these things that I'd never really thought about synthesizing and breaking down into something that I could teach and that I could coach. Mm -hmm. And I had to then 
take those things and turn them into things that were actionable for my clients in a way that I kind of never thought I would have to, but I did. Um, yeah, and it ended up had to be a first responder, you know, not to absolutely. take anything away from paramedics and firefighters and all that, but you are at a different level being a first responder. Mm -hmm. All right. You know, we got code red going on here. You know, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, in some very extreme situations, it was me kind of having to tell, I had a corporate client who was on the verge of needing stress leave. She did actually end up going on stress leave. And for her, I had to get very, very real with her about, look, I know you think this stuff is have to's and must do's and that like literally the world's going to end if you don't do it, but it's not. And these are the true things that are must do's and have to do's. And these are the two true like crisis things. Mm -hmm. And for some of those clients who are really, really in a dire straits and at wit's end, that was kind of where I had to almost come in and be the first responder in the sense of saying, look, your health is not worth this. Right. What happens when? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or if, if is, is a better way to put it versus mm -hmm. when, but you know, you can kind of play it forward, keeping up mm -hmm. at that pace and that stress level and that energy of, oh my God, things, something's yeah. going to fly, something's going to break, you know, and it's not going to be yeah. um, something that's yeah. quick because health is so precious. Well, absolutely. well, Ellen, so I'm on the edge of my seat here. Can you go just a little bit into more detail as to how you do work with those high achieving business owners and professionals who have so many significant demands and responsibilities that they have to manage, but they, mm -hmm. they genuinely want to get back to having a life that includes more ease and flow and joy. Can you, you know, share mm -hmm. a few more specifics about your philosophy or your approach? Absolutely. I mean, I, I talk a lot about, and you already said it in my little bio at the beginning, how I believe that though burnout happens, burnout is a choice. It's not the default of being successful and how I kind of put that into action. That's like my, probably my main philosophy when it comes to how I approach burnout and stress management and how I put that into action is really by, I think there's two core things that we need to focus on when it comes to burnout and stress. And that is self-awareness and self-compassion. Of all of the burnout coaches that I've seen online, I don't, I haven't seen anybody who focuses on the emotion and the awareness side of things quite as much as I do. Their time management components are important. You know, your routines and your habits, those are important. But when it comes to overcoming from burnout, I really focus on how can we be more compassionate with ourselves because burnout cannot survive if there's compassion. I firmly believe that. And so I really will focus on giving clients some tangible ways to have more compassion for ourselves, even for people who say, oh, self-compassion doesn't work for me. Oh, we find a way to bring compassion into our lives. Um, but probably the other big thing is awareness. I am, like we've mentioned, I find data everywhere. It's the scientist in me. I cannot shake it. I find data everywhere. And I teach my clients kind of how to step into this mindset of how can I learn from the bad days and how can I learn from the good days? What are the pieces of data that I can pull from these different days? And I teach them. I don't want somebody to rely on me as their burnout coach for the rest of their life, which maybe is me not having, you know, good business instincts, but I don't want to make somebody reliant on me. I want to teach them right. how do you learn to adopt these mindsets? How do you learn to be more objective when you look at these pieces of data from your life, mm -hmm. it's just so almost like creating their own evidence-based 
exactly. go forward plan. Exactly. I might throw a lot of ideas at you, but my intention is never that you have to implement every single one of these things. Because frankly, the things that I do for my own stress management may not work for you. So what we need to do is we need to get really, really clear on what are the things that you are doing that are working and what are things that you aren't doing that are that you are doing that aren't working. That's what I was meaning to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And really getting clear on those things. And once we have those pieces in place, then it just becomes, how do we be consistent? And honestly, that's then the next hurdle we have to overcome is developing that consistency. And so I focus a lot on the emotions behind burnout. That's a big part of my methodology and my approach, my philosophies. You know, with your empathetic abilities there, why that allows you to really lean into that emotion and, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going on for the other person and feeling into what they're experiencing. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And in terms of like, cause I think you said this, but I forgot to answer it. Um, in terms of like working with me, I have tons and tons of resources on my website um, at I'm coach Ellen.com. My name is spelled E L L Y N. I know I'm going to mess everybody up, but coach Ellen.com <laughs> slash start. That would be the first place I would recommend you go because there you'll find, I have various different freebies depending upon kind of what you feel like you need at that particular time. I have some really great quizzes um, to not only show you how close are you to burning out? Like I have a quiz that's literally called how burned out are you really, which kind of gives some indication of, you know, what is the level of urgency here? You know, completely impartially, how urgently do you need to act to start to overcome the stress and the burnout in your life? Right. And then I have another quiz, you know, is it just like a bad day or is it, you know, that's been a bad day or a bad year. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So I've got quizzes and I've got stuff on there. And then I also have the opportunity to schedule um, a complimentary, I cannot say that word, a complimentary burnout breakthrough call um, just to consult with me and see what might be some good next steps for you. Okay. Fantastic. So that is something that you offer with no cost burnout, Mm -hmm. burnout breakthrough session, burnout breakthrough session. Okay. Fantastic. So that's coach Ellen.com forward slash start. But I mean, if they just go to coachellen.com, they'll be able to find everything, right? Oh yes. There's a big button on the website that says start here. Okay, perfect. (laughs) So let's just, you know, so just go to coachellen.com and that's Ellen with a Y, Mm E-L-L-Y-N, coachellen.com. And uh, yeah, it sounds like you've really created a a wealth of resources and fun ways to kind of (laughs) gauge the temperature, gauge the pressure gauge, I guess we Mm -hmm. should say. (laughs) And, you know, kind of get a a window into what's going on um, in our own lives, as well as Mm -hmm. learn more about this great work that you're doing. I love that. Well, Ellen, you've already shared so many golden nuggets of wisdom here through our conversation. But if I could tap on you one last time, um, in looking at your own experience and in building your business, Well, what's some advice that you can share with, say, a frustrated entrepreneur who's maybe questioning their decision to have even started their own business or they're doubting their ability to succeed? Oh, that is a good question. I feel like I've actually been having a number of conversations with women recently about this. The piece of advice that I would give you is realize that you probably didn't start your business to trade a nine to five for a 24 seven. So that is that is one little thing that I'm just going to leave that as like a food for thought. But the other big thing I've been talking to a lot of women about is the beauty of starting a business is it's yours. It is your business. 
And that means you can do anything you want with that business. You can stop offering something that isn't working. You can stop offering something that is working, but that you're just not resonating with anymore. You can completely change industries. That is the beauty of having your own business Mm -hmm. is you have that flexibility and you have the ability to make those decisions for whatever is going to work best for you. But the final piece of that is you have to give yourself permission to be able to make those shifts Mm -hmm. and give yourself permission to make those pivots. Right. And then, you know, like you were saying earlier, not attach that it means you failed mm-hmm. or that you're giving Don't up. Don't attach judgment or... to it. Yeah. 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 I love that. That's powerful. So just be able to go with mm-hmm. the flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Your business and, is yours. Do with it take, whatever the heck you want to. Yeah. Take inventory of everything that you have gained, like, you know, with mm-hmm. your prior career, really, in the academia world of being a scientist, all of those qualities that supported you as a scientist mm-hmm. still support you. And so just because we pivot doesn't mean that, okay, we're starting over. No, 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 no. You know, we're just Mm -hmm. redirecting and becoming more aligned. So yeah, I love that. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Thank you, Ellen, for for sharing that. And, you know, it's just been so great, Ellen, to hear about your journey from your, your very successful academic career as a scientist on the track to get your PhD when, you know, you said, hey, Hey, I am suffering from burnout. I need to do something and start your own self-care regimen, start your, you know, your analysis process, your, you know, reviewing the stats and the statistics and doing the work on yourself to realize, you know, boy, this is actually, this is really rewarding work. And there are so many people that are suffering from, you know, health challenges. And as your business kind of went down its, its own journey to now the impactful work you're doing as a burnout and stress management coach and speaker, helping those busy, ambitious, high achieving professionals and business owners create sustainable success, stop that cycle of burnout and achieve more with less stress. So I really enjoyed our conversation and I want to thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. Yeah. And again, for our listeners, you can reach Ellen Shinky at coachellen.com and you'll be able to find the link to her resources as well as to book that complimentary burnout breakthrough session so look for the hyperlink in the show notes to take you right to that website and for all our listeners remember when it comes to building a business that brings you joy and has an endless flow of high paying clients well don't overlook the power of what i call compassionate selling, where you've fully supported your potential client's decision-making process by providing them with everything they need to feel confident and excited about saying, yeah, this sounds great. So are you 100% confident that you're fully supporting your potential clients? Well, if you're curious, reach out to me and apply for a sales blind spot coaching session. You may be surprised by what we discover. All right. Well, this is Wendy Vaughn, Chief Paradigm Shifter and Sales Success Coach. And you can find me and our next podcast episode at PredictableSalesResults.com. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to today's episode with Ellen Schenke. And as always, here's to your success.